With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans. Welcome to episode 123 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. I'm your host. Got a little bit different of a show for everybody over these next two weeks, you know, as we get around Christmas and New Year's. Uh, so we'll start the show off with the breakdown. The breakdown is brought to you by O'Neill's. O'Neill's is the official sportswear supplier to the biggest teams in world rugby, Infinity Park, and the American Raptors. Shop apparel now at O'Neill's.com. That's O-N-E-I-L-L-S dot com. So like I said, shows you going to be different for these next two weeks because it's time for the best of episodes. So um, not going to do all the rugby you can watch this weekend, partly because it's hard to keep up with all the COVID cancellations. Uh, but I'm not going to hang you high and dry, though, either. So for this week's episode and next week's episode, I'm going to give you one new interview at the start of the show, and then I'll follow it up with three of the best interviews from throughout the year. You know, so you, you have something to listen to. I'm not Like I said, I'm not going to leave you high and dry. Uh, you got something to get you through your week if you got to work or anything like that. So like I said, no no rugby, all the rugby you can watch this weekend. Um, but I'll go ahead and include required reading in the loop. So my required reading this week, go read my American Raptors year and review piece on the DNVR.com. I'll link that in the article that houses this podcast as well in the description of the podcast. So if you're interested, scroll down, check it out. Uh, found a lot of interesting numbers and stuff in there. Uh, you'll hear I've referenced it in a few of the interviews I've done. So it will all make sense to you if you go read it. So uh, fun to look back and see all that's changed. And I guess I'll start. I guess well, one thing I will say uh, is if you look back, the Rugby Town Crossover Academy, that first camp they did was in November 19th of 2020. Um, and then if you fast forward to November 19th of 2021, the Raptors were playing Uruguay A for the second time in Montevideo. So a lot can change in a year, and I just kind of went back and through and, and documented all that and looked at all the different stuff and the Rugby Tone Sevens and Aspen Rugger Fest and just kind of piled up all the numbers, went through all that stuff, and just kind of got a good overarching look at, at how far the program's come in just a year's time. So got me excited for 2022. So that's my required reading. Go check that out. And then the loop. Keep your eyes peeled for this piece that I've been working on for three months now. I'm done with all my interviews. I will be done and ready and written and, and up and ready to read by next week. So before the new year, 
Uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that. And the best way to do that is to follow along on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby and at Colton Strickler. Uh, that's where you'll see it dropping. I'm excited for everyone to read it. Hopefully everyone likes it. Uh, like I said, I did work on it for, for quite a while. And um, it's been fun to work on. It's been a pain to work on at the same time. But uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing the reaction to it. So we're going to jump to the interview portion of the show now. This is how we will close the show. So these interviews are brought to you by Guard Lab. Join the mouth guard revolution with American-made mouth guards that perform, protect, and recover. For more information, visit guardlab.com. So like I said, start off with a new interview. So the new interview this week will be uh, American Raptor and Rugby United New York hooker Caleb Geiger. Happy to get him on talk about his rugby experience so far. Um, if you listen to some of the interviews I've done in the past this year, uh, you'll know that he has one of the best recruitment stories, uh, I think, of anyone on the team. I think it's the most out there one. So I asked him, I had to ask him about that, of course. Uh, just talked about you know his rugby experience so far. And I did get to ask him, the similarities between rugby and baseball. So if you listen to the DNVR Rockies snake draft that I did where he drafted baseball players to make a sevens team, I was on the fence about even including it, but you know I'm glad I did and had the chance to ask Caleb about it, and he had some good opinions on that as well. So that'll be the first one. That'll be the new one that you hear, uh, and then we'll get into some of the best of ones. So the best of ones will include uh, my conversation with Dan Power, voice of Major League Rugby, of course. Always good talking with Dan. Uh, he has an interesting story about trying to punt in the NFL, so it was very, you know, made a lot of sense to ask that on this podcast. We talk a lot about crossover athletes, so it's cool to hear some of those stories from Dan. Turned into a little bit of a punting episode, but I think that's one of the my favorite interviews from this year, so uh, enjoy that one with Dan. After Dan's interview, you'll hear a conversation I had with Cody Melfi, uh, USA 7 star, my former teammate, bumped into him at Rugby Town 7s. He was fresh off his trip to the Olympics this summer, so it was fun to ask him about all that stuff. Then after the interview with Cody, hear a conversation I had with former Colorado XO scrum half Michael Bandy. So Michael Bandy used rugby as a way to stay in shape for a football opportunity, and this interview was the week after he departed the XOs to head back to the Spring League down in Texas. He played so well at the Spring League down in Texas that he Signed with the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, picked him up right before training camp, and uh, he's still on the roster. He's still on the practice squad, so he's doing something right. It's cool to see him succeed, um, and it was fun to you know get him on and ask him a little bit about uh, rugby and, and boy, if some of his teammates had paid attention to him playing rugby. Uh, so I'd love to get him back on and re-ask him some of these questions now that he's played football for a little while longer. He's a little bit more distance from rugby, and he's played football at a higher level. So that would be fun to ask him. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get working on that. Uh, but that's, that's the interviews that you'll hear today. So I hope you enjoy all these interviews with Caleb Geiger, voice of the MLR, Dan Power, USA 7 star, Cody Melfi, and former Colorado XO scrum half turned LA Chargers wide receiver Michael Bandy. That's the show for this week. Thanks so much for everybody for listening. Um, I hope you had a great week. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. Uh, enjoy the time with your friends and family, and I'll catch you all back here next week. All right, now we welcome on to the show uh, Colorado XO hooker, American Raptor hooker, and now Rugby United New York hooker, Caleb Geiger. How's it going, man? Good. Thank you for inviting me on. Yeah, thank you for joining me, man. I've been you know, looking forward to getting you on for a while now, so I'm happy we could knock this out. So, Caleb, the first question I ask everybody comes on the show is just can you tell us a little bit about where you're from? Uh, I'm from just down the road, actually, uh, Sedalia, Colorado, 
born and raised, uh, end up going to Castleview High School, but been around Colorado most of my life. Very nice. I know you're the one Colorado guy on the team, right? I am. I was thought that was kind of weird that we never got any. I guess like at the beginning there was a couple more. Uh, Addie Brown, I think, comes to mind. Uh, no. But it was particularly weird when we traveled because yeah. we always said we're out of Colorado, but yeah, nobody on you. the team but me is actually <laughs> from Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I've always noticed that. And uh, so, Caleb, I guess the first question I got to ask you is the one that you get asked pretty frequently, but it is kind of like lore, right? It's just, can you tell us how you got recruited to play for the Exos <laughs> back in the winter, I guess, winter or the spring? Yeah, it's it's quite the story. Um, I was, I'm kind of an oddball. I wasn't really trying to go to the league. I wasn't, you know, trying to further my athletic career. I was yeah. kind of settling into the working world and actually getting ready to go into the Army. But I was working for my dad at the time, and my brother and I got off work and we're heading to the bar like we do usually after <laughs> working. <laughs> and uh, a couple of my buddies and I, and we just went out on the piss. And uh, Peter Paskey just happened to be in small uh-huh. town Sedalia, Colorado, and uh, approached me and kind of my buddies, and uh, she just started talking to me and started talking about rugby and. Uh, I'd heard a little bit about it. You know, mm-hmm. Colorado's got some high school programs and stuff, but I honestly thought he was f***ing with me and <laughs> that he was like a – it was like a beer league kind of deal. Right. I really wasn't uh, for sure what it was, but sure sure enough, he exchanged information and hit me up and uh, came, I think, the next weekend, tried out, and they, they signed me on for that first – the official first XO yeah. season – um, got to play, ended up getting hurt, but that's nice. And I really didn't know how real it was until first day I showed up. And, yeah. you know, you got Tawny coming from the <laughs> NFL and, you know, all yeah. the G-Max from Ole Miss and all these big schools right. and stuff. And I was <coughs> kind of just picked up off the street in yeah. a sense. It's quite the story, I know, man. So, like, I don't know what – like, you said you knew a little bit about it. So, like, how much did you actually know? And I guess what made you want to give it a try? Um – Really, I didn't – I I knew of Infinity Park, actually. I'd mm-hmm. had a high school prom here. I had my prom here, too, actually. Right. <laughs> so, funny enough. So that was really – I knew about it. and um, But, you know, I'd watched I'd watched Sevens on the Olympics mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that, but I really didn't know anything about it. Yeah. So it was uh, quite a shock. But, you know, as soon as I really got into it, I was kind of injury-plagued that first season. Right. But, um, no, it, was, it just kind of clicked with me and was was different from American sports and right. Or I don't know. I guess I just ran with it. Nice, yeah, man. And I, I mean, it's worked out well for you so far. But I guess the next question I was going to ask is like, do you do you remember like how long did it take you to actually like it? Like, do you remember the moment that you kind of realized rugby was fun? Like, I can remember for me, I just played in high school a little bit and then a year in college. But like, I remember running around for like two weeks I didn't even know what we were doing and then when it finally like clicked to me I was like man this is fun like I sort of am starting to understand like we're running you know attacking phases and stuff like that so do you have a moment like that where Um, it kind of clicks for you you remember I would maybe maybe at Belmont Shore the second time we went down and played them okay um, yeah that was the most what that was only my second game I had played Mm -hmm. and uh 
I remember we we kind of had a rough start and then picked it back up and I got I was coming in off the bench and just we just took over that game and uh, I think I had I had like a one just like the light bulb moment and I got a jackal in there and just like yeah. I got fired up and yeah. like the team got fired up and I feel like from then it just clicked and like that was right that was kind that's of kind of like high the hook and, right that's when you caught the bug I like it right uh, so you played baseball and you played baseball mainly right at, in college right at, yes yeah and yeah. then you played one year of football right yes. yeah. Um, so I guess the, the question I had for you there is, is rugby at all like baseball, like in any way? Um, I'd say, you know, and baseball is so unique because it's a lot of like rotational mm-hmm. power and athleticism, like hitting hitting the ball and, and just how you move in the sport. Um, rugby is similar to that and like how you pass. you got to be able to pass, pass your body or cross your body uh-huh. in a sense like that. But – so we, so the reason I ask is in the summertime, I guess right around the Olympics, just trying to like figure out ways to you know kind of get people that maybe don't watch rugby that much into it. So like through the DNVR, the Haku, the company that we do the podcast, right? Um, we had like the their Rockies reporter and you know their Broncos guy, and like I was trying to draft sevens teams out of like guys that you know all time great Colorado Rockies. And when it came to the baseball one, there was some discussion like. Do we even include the baseball one? Because it seems like oh. of those things that there doesn't make the most sense. But we ended up doing it. And the more I thought about it, it kind of makes sense. Like lateral movement's really important, you know. Like, right. And in baseball, you don't think like you don't run that much. But every time you do run, it's a dead sprint, right? Like there's That's no real like jogging. Part, yeah? yeah. So it was it was kind of fun. Like we ended up doing it and I had a good time. But I, that was the first time where I was like, man, I should reach out to Caleb because I want to no, know yeah. his insight because he – I think you probably played the highest level of baseball on the team, right? There's nobody else that I – I, I believe so. Yeah, I so, believe so. So I wanted to ask you that when I, when I got the chance. Um, no, I, you know, now that you think of it, you did – you know, I think baseball, you kind of get mixed up because there's no, there's no contact. So you never yeah. see, like, physical strength on physical strength. Obviously, you see, like – Aaron Judge, right? Which is a, he's just a monster of a human hitting bombs, but he's also you'd be an incredible lock, right? I mean he's he's Huge. I'm pretty sure yeah. he's six eight or something, yeah. Um, old Rocky Matt Holiday, yeah. Matt he Holiday was on was, my team. Yeah, he got drafted. A, he's a tank. Yeah. I'm pretty sure at one point he's the strongest guy in the league by far, right? So like put him at, at prop or something, he'd be right. an animal. You got little Altuve could play nine, yeah. Here, let me try to find. Let me try to pull up our, our team here really quick because we all we each drafted a team, so we went through twenty one guys. It was it was pretty fun to do. Like I said, we almost didn't do it because we weren't sure, you know what, you know if it was applicable or anything. But we ended up doing it. So um, here, I'm gonna try to find this while I scroll. But uh, yeah, so I'm glad that I asked you that. And then you think about like even like hand eye like coordination, right? You get most. That's what they say. The hardest thing to do in sports is hit a. A uh, round ball with a round bat squarely, yeah. right? That's right. not easy. No, no, it is not. All right, here's our teams. I'm going to go through this really quick. I had Todd Helton, Dexter Fowler, Charlie Blackman, Nolan Arenado, Raimel Tapia, Vinny Castilla. And then do you remember Ty Wigington? He played for the Rockies for one year, and he just was like a – looked like a truck driver, just hmm. a utility man like he'd play every day, but he was playing different position every day. I can't say I do. Oh. You'd like him. He seems like your type of guy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's 
So that that was my team. I, I thought that I was pleased with that. You got Todd Helen. He played some some quarterback at Tennessee. So yeah. he's got some decision making skills, right? Yeah. Mister Double, so he can run a little bit. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I and that's those those outfielders can flat out fly. So you put some of them out of the wing. Yeah. Like they. You know, you never get to see it because they're never you know, they're never dusting anybody in the outfield. They're for just sure. tracking down a ball. So, I would would never discredit them for how for their overall athleticism. Yeah, they can they can boogie. Right. Yeah. So I'm glad I asked you about that then because there was there was some stuff in there that that we covered. So uh, I guess the next thing I have for you, what, what do you like about rugby? Like, is there any one thing? Is there a couple different things? Uh, man, I think there's a lot. You know, from from the the chemistry with with you know you get to it's just like any sport you get to hang out with the boys every day mm-hmm. um the constant the flow of the game i think is something that's incredibly intriguing it's really tiring but yeah. it also uh is is unique and i think that's pretty pretty neat um the physicality and finesse needed mm-hmm. um is something also that's really really unique and you know, draws you in in a sense. Right. Does it feel like anything else you've ever done? Because I know you played uh, football, baseball. You wrestled a little bit, didn't you also? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, every sport has that specific moment. You know, when you when you do square up a ball and you hit it yeah. 450, there's no, there's no <laughs> other feeling in sports yeah. like that. And, you know, when you get a big sack on third down, mm-hmm. nothing like it. Same with scoring a try. Yeah. Or, you know um, – you know, you stick a kid in wrestling, you know, you pin him real yeah, quick. Yeah. There's there's not a lot of Fair. It's, it's just every sport has that moment. Rugby can rugby in a sense has a lot of moments because, you know, you get that perfect throw and hook, you know, you yeah, have that yeah. perfect scrum, you know, good pass, good tips to, you know, one of the boys, whatever. Like there's yeah. There's just those little moments and what makes sports sports, right. you know. That's a good answer. No one's ever given me that answer before. Because I think, like, the reason I ask is a lot of people just assume that, oh, you're tackling, you're running around, like, it's more, feels more like football than anything. And I don't necessarily think that's true. Like, for me, I always felt kind of more like I was playing soccer, like, when I played rugby, because it's so, like, free-flowing. And, and like, obviously, you have the, the physical aspects of it. Right. But I, I don't know. if. The, the I don't think the football comparison is there as much as some people think in a way. Yeah, I'd agree. And it's it's really just like you you know, you, you train so hard in specific areas, you know, mm-hmm. how much how much do we work on, you know, Jacqueline getting in a good position. Yeah. So like when when you do hit it in a game, it's like it's like perfect. Like yeah, this is what awesome. we train so hard for or, you know I like it. Stuff like that. That's a good answer. Uh, so I guess I'll ask you, so you just re-signed with Rooney for 2022, so congratulations. Appreciate That's it. That's awesome. Um, but I know you were just there with them earlier this year, right? Like you went in there with Max kind of towards the end of the 2021 season? Yeah, the whole the, the whole month of July. Yeah, much. so you yeah. were there. For, so what was that experience like? Because I know, like you said, you were kind of banged up in the spring, so just kind of getting healthy, but you still had the opportunity to go out there. So it just kind of what, what was that experience like for you? Uh, really, really eye-opening, you know, the uh-huh. – the program here in Glendale just did a great job of getting, you know, the basics, getting you into rugby, you know, very basic stuff. And then you go to, the, you know, the MLR where you're in the likes of, you know, Andy Ellis, Scott yeah. World Cup, you know, uh, Foden, 
uh, tons of Eagles in the forward pack with Savetta and Brakely and like those are those are international guys so it's a real eye opener and uh-huh. very humbling um to be around those guys and just the you know the training environment's a little different there's you go from very basic to a very high level really fast so that was was a great eye opening experience and those guys were great to you know I know I wasn't there and I'm I'm still not where they're at so for them to have the patience to to work with me was really yeah. was really cool um and you know part of part of their culture of bringing them in and um it was a great time and has led over to you know yeah heading back again yeah that's awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do this year now that you seem you're healthier now, right? You seem healthy throughout the fall. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I just that I got a, I got a blood clot. So yeah. there's not, you know, for those mm-hmm. who never had that, you know, you really don't even know what's going on. They're just right. telling you, I never, you know, I never felt bad. Right. They just, with on blood thinners, I couldn't have contact. So right. I was able to train with the boys on the exos that whole season i just yeah. couldn't play right so that was that was a real bummer but um as soon as they cleared me off the butt there i was ready to rock and roll. yeah nice uh i guess uh next thing oh max told me a story i wanted to tell you about this so he said uh i just asked i was like yo what's caleb like like when he and he was saying like oh man i think it was like the first day you guys lifted weights and with rooney or something you just threw a bunch of weight up on this bar and you're having a chest push or something like that, and Max is like, "Oh yeah, he he was turning some heads in there." Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he said he's like, "Caleb's an ox," and that was uh, his first story about you kind of going out there together to play for Rooney. Yeah, it is. It's that just goes to all of us crossover. I actually had a yeah. really good talk going out to Rooney for the preseason with their uh, their new strength coach Ollie. Um, you know, football, American football, we're just trained different. We're so yeah. power-driven and, and pure strength. Right. Where, you know, rugby, you need that pure strength, but you have to maintain it for long periods yeah. of time. So, um, which I think gives a lot of us a little bit of an edge just because mm-hmm. we are so so strong. And up and down the Raptors roster, you can right. see it. Yeah, so. I remember the first kind of time like everyone got together, whether I think it was like at that November camp in 2020, um, talking to Peter and stuff. And he'd be like, oh, this team is already like all these guys are stronger than every one of the players like on our MLR team, which is crazy to think about. because, yeah. But like you said, it is just a whole different, you know, training regimen that you've been doing forever. Right. You know, compared to guys that have just been playing rugby for their whole life. Um. How was Uruguay? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, Uruguay yeah. was a blast. Um, and I think it was a really, really useful test for all of us mm-hmm. to, to see where where we're at yeah. and where we need to be. I really think it was. Um, personally, you know, I, I got, you know, gut checked a little bit mm-hmm. on, on my specific areas to work with and uh, got exposed in some areas. So. Yeah. Um, that which is great, you know. That was what we need to continue to right. to develop as rugby players. So um, it's great, great time with the boys. Yeah. Um, good, good little tour, and uh, can't complain. Yeah. Did you know kind of what to expect going in there? I guess in terms of like competition, because for me, obviously, I have a completely different perspective, right? Like I'm not playing, but I went down 
you know, with the XOs and to New Orleans for that first, you know, match. Right. And I remember being like, kind of like nervous, excited. I just didn't know what, like, I didn't know what it was going to look like. Right. And I kind of had that same feeling going in, you know, to that, like that, that scrimmage against Los Cuervos and then against Uruguay A that, that Sunday at that polo club. Like I kind of felt the same way. So did you guys kind of have an idea of what, um, of what they were going to look like, what they were going to do? And I guess, were you surprised with, you know, how well you did? Um, I wouldn't say surprised. I think we trained really hard. Yeah. For that, we we knew we needed better lungs in all of us. Yeah. So we ran a lot more mm-hmm. leading up to the tour. Um, we knew they take a lot of pride in their scrums. Yeah. So as a you know front rower and part of the forward pack, we put a huge emphasis in that and really all of our our set piece in general. So um, like well, I think coaches did a great job of preparing us for that. And uh, it showed in that first game against A. Um, we executed a lot of things well, and then things we didn't, we got exposed on. So, right. And I think that goes to show for the second game as well. Right. Um, I think we – personally, we all got low on our high horse. Um, and it'll you'll get humbled in the sport <laughs> real fast, and that's exactly what happened. We, yeah. The boys did a hell of a job. I mean, we still yeah. – Close it down in a hurry, right? And yeah, still could have walked away with that, and um, you know shows shows the grit a lot of the boys yeah. coming in. Oh, I thought. I mean, I thought I just talked. You know, even talking to Shabbat like the week leading up, while we were in Uruguay, she was just like, "I have a really good feeling. Like we've looked really good. We've had good trainings all week. Like I think that we're you know we're going to put on a good performance." And you did. I mean, first score line obviously huge. Um, good to see that. And then like you said. Uh, didn't start the best in that second match, but woke up in the second half and, and closed it down. And like you said, all could have won, you know. Yeah. A couple of things go your way. You you leave with with two wins in hand. Um, so, Caleb, I guess the last question I got for you is just kind of what what's the rest of the offseason look like for you? I know you've been jet-setting around the, the world yeah. <laughs> the last um, few weeks. So Just, uh, just more preparation. Um, I'll only get a couple weeks here for the holidays before I report back to Rooney. Um, so I'll just be training and getting prepared for that. And, you know, I've talked to the coaches and staff. It's a little bit of a bittersweet moment for me because uh, I'm from, mm-hmm. you know, Colorado is kind of my home. But I'm blessed for the opportunity to yeah. keep playing rugby at, at, a, at a high level. Right. So I'm um, really excited for that. And we'll just keep training and – getting as prepared as we can for the upcoming season. Perfect. Well, Caleb, I'm looking forward to watching you, man. It should be a good season. Uh, thank you so much for finally uh, chatting with me. I'm glad we got this on the books. Uh, and like I said, looking forward to watching you next spring. Well, not since Moses parted the Red Sea have we seen something open up that easy. All right, now we welcome back onto the show the voice of Major League Rugby, Dan Power. Dan, how's it going? It's great, great to be back, Colton. Uh, loving the work that you're doing there in Glendale, the X's and O's, especially the last few weeks, buddy. We've been uh, seeing more and more of the X's and O's in MLR, so it's been great. But you've been busy. I have been busy. Uh, that's on my list of questions, Dan. So we, we got to try not to jump the gun here. Uh, sorry, sorry. No, all good, all good. So Dan, I guess the first most important question we got to ask you. It's been a year since I talked to you. It's been over a year, I think, actually. So this is a good, good catch up. Uh, but I need to ask how the golf game's looking. I know you sound like you're a pretty busy guy on the road a lot, but have you carved out some time to, to play some golf? 
I actually have. I, I've taken the, the clubs with me to a few stops this season, which has been quite nice. So quick shout out to uh, the Fort Golf Club in Indianapolis and the Golf Club of Indiana, two of my favorite tracks out there and in the uh, Indianapolis area. So got to play a bit of golf this year. It's been great. And how about you? How's your game still? Yeah. It's scratch, it's still one? yeah I I'm very close to getting my tour card believe it or not I've not had that much time to play this year I've only played three rounds um, but but these last couple of rounds have been looking good for me in terms of me you know I, sh- I shot a nice cool 46 on the back nine at Evergreen two weeks ago that's good for me Dan that is good I only yeah, hit one like person's it. house so that's that's good stuff. <laughs> As long as it's not the big house, usually you're pretty good. Yeah, no, I was good. No, no windows were broken. No shit. No glass shattered. So I knew it was in the clear. Uh, all good there. Uh, but Dan, I heard a question on the radio the other day. Uh, made me think of you actually, and it's in light of the Jeff Bezos thing. So if you could go to space or be a scratch golfer, which would you choose? Oh, the, the egotistical me thinks that I can probably get to scratch golf with enough practice, so I'll go space. I think um, just because it's such a rare thing in terms of the number of people who have been in space, uh, it's pretty special. So I saw Richard Branson kind of had a little skirt up there as well and Jeff Bezos going up there. So I'll go space. What about you? What do you choose? I think that's the right answer. That's a question. That's the answer I had too. Uh, if I practice for 25 to 30 years every single day, I think I maybe could get to scratch – uh, but I don't think I could ever go to space. I don't, I'm not, I don't have the funds. I'm not cut out to be an astronaut. My eyes aren't very good, which is also a problem in golf too. But I can get I can get my eyes fixed <laughs> enough to, to play golf, but I don't know if I could go to space. So I think that's the right answer. I think that's the correct one. Yeah, I think so too. All right. Yeah, w- once the season's over, Dan, we gotta. I'll shoot up to, to you and we can play Highland Meadows or something. And you can see this oh. this this body of work in real life. So. You told me you had me at uh, as soon as the season's finished. I can't wait for it. Yeah, a couple of weeks. You're almost there. So that kind of, I guess, that leads into the actual rugby part of this rugby show, Dan. Uh, how's been your? How's the year been for you? I know I talked to you a little bit earlier. Uh, tell us a little bit about what it's been like for you, especially with all these different challenges. You know, calling games remotely because you haven't been traveling, correct? Oh, tra- traveling, but just not to the yeah. state. Yeah, <laughs> not so not to where not to where you should actually be traveling to. Yeah, you got to, you got to give a lot of credit to um, George Killebrew, Bill Gorin, Jimmy Cuddy, Reese Edwards, uh, the whole team at Tupelo and, and L2 down in Austin. It was a huge leap of faith to go to this remote model. COVID kind of forced the hand that we had to do it. It was just restrictions in different states and when the season started. And, you know, a lot of credit goes to MLR for really having a crack at this. And there certainly are challenges. It's different to calling a game in real life, but overall, I think it's been a, a resounding success in terms of not only all of the games happening, but the quality of the broadcast has definitely improved this year. And uh, I think that the budget side of things was a big improvement as well, which you know is obviously important when you're starting a league out. You don't want to be blowing the budget out year after year. Right, that's correct. And I guess that kind of leads into my next question as we get into some MLR stuff. Dan is. Uh, I'm going to ask you what the biggest surprise of the MLR season has been, and I'm going to jump out in front of you and answer my own question first. I think that the biggest surprise has just been that it's all happened. Like going into the season, uh, I've, I've, set, I've talked about this before, we saw the Broncos play a practice squad wide receiver in a game against the New Orleans Saints, 
And I, you really haven't had any of those situations. Like you've seen all these other leagues and competitions kind of fall victim to to some COVID in some way. And MLR's gone on pretty successfully with the exception of, I think, the first game of the year just got moved back a day. Yeah. Yeah, this is, and just to have something different, because you're 100% right, Colton. The fact that they knocked it out of the park, and it's a testament to the, not only the league, but the teams and the players as well, to to stay within the guidelines and the protocols so they didn't have any oops moments, you know, little accidents like right. having a, a practice squad wide receiver play quarterback. You know, it would have been quite quite a, an interesting situation in rugby to have that. What, what, would be the rugby, um, what would be the rugby equivalent to that? So we almost had it, and it wasn't due to COVID. It was due to some injuries and everything else. Nate Osborne nearly had to suit up against Old Glory a few weeks ago because they were on the road, traveled with the squad and wow. both travel reserves played and they had another injury in the warm-ups and it was like well we have no one else and um luckily someone came good or, or was able to eke out 10 20 minutes so they they <laughs> made osborne and his hamstrings dodged the ball oh, there. Man. yeah that's probably the closest we've come to it but, but hey, I'll, I'll go different i'll say for me it was the impact of the college draft rookies um mm-hmm. we, we there was some skepticism and i i think in all fairness, with the history of what we'd seen, rightfully so. Uh, but again, went ahead. The college draft was a success. Uh, and, and we not only saw players play, but we saw them dominate. I mean, you look at uh, Guerra, Andrew Guerra down in uh, New Orleans. Yeah. Not only did he play, he makes the Eagles. You know, right. He goes on tour with the Eagles. Connor Mooneyham was was an absolute star for Austin this year. He would have been all twelfth round, yeah, all twelve first rounders yeah. this year with Mike uh, Matarazzo getting a start on the weekend for ATL. So I think the draft was a big success because it was a little bit of a gamble, a bit of a risk, but it's it's definitely paid off. I, I would agree with you. I know I talked to some other people in the past, and we, you know, we're discussing like what just kind of what the number of, of draft picks we're going to play. And I, again, thought that was going to be, you know, reliant on COVID. I thought COVID was going to force a lot of people's hands and maybe play some guys that weren't maybe as ready as they should be, but that wasn't the case at all. They just played because they were good enough and ready. And I think that's a good sign as they move into a, a little bit bigger of a draft. This, I think, what is that, in a couple of weeks now. It's crazy how fast yep. the summer's flying by. Yeah. Yeah, it has fun. That is a that is a good one. That's that's one I haven't got an answer for yet. So I always like the checking those boxes, Dan. Thank you for doing that, Dan. Next question I have for you, MLR related. I had these as MLR rapid fire, but I don't think that's how it's going to go, and that's okay with me. Uh, what what team this year didn't live up to to expectations? There's got a there's you know there's only four teams that can make the playoffs. Only one team can win it all. Is there a team out there that that in your mind didn't live up to the expectations that you kind of had for them going into the season? Yeah, you know, and you don't want to be critical of any of the teams. No, not so at all. Challenges and faces yeah, the, here, right? and like you just said, with all the weird stuff going on this year. Um, yeah. It was definitely like injuries, bugs that hit some teams and the shortened off season. But uh, I'll probably go Old Glory. I, mm-hmm. I had them penciled in as a playoff team at the start of the year and they fell short. So um, I think there's a lot of positives to take away from their season, though. Right. And they finished finish well, but I think they were a little patchy through the middle of the field, uh, just through some injuries and then some international commitments and stuff like that. But, yeah, probably old glory for me personally where I was a little underwhelmed. Yeah, I think, and like you said, that's fair. Uh, a lot of teams, you know, Toronto didn't even go back to Canada all year. San Diego played games in like 10 different places. 
So everything with a grain of salt, of course, but wanted to make sure I got that in. Has there been a team that's been a pleasant surprise for you this year? ACL, Atlanta, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew they were going to be good, but I had them as like a like a solid 500 team, like a grinding, physical, but I didn't see any circuit breakers. There wasn't any plays in there. I'm like, oh, you know, 79th minute, that card can win you a game. But they, they found a few, like Marco Keith was a revelation down there, Adrian Colasar as well. Uh, their locks, like their forward pack, Jason Dunn, Ross Deacon, their locks, uh, Monson and Redlingas are just unbelievable. Like, they, they could go a long way if they get through New York. Like, they could, I could definitely see them testing, you know, the Western finalists, the, the champ out of the West in the final. So, uh, ATL definitely the surprise packet, how well they did this year. Yeah. I would agree with that one too. They just kind of, it seems like whether they stumble early on or, uh, and then they just kind of steamrolled everybody with the exception of Rugby United in New York, which I think is what makes this, you know, upcoming Eastern Conference final so interesting. So that's the next question I have is what, what does Rooney have to do to win this weekend? Yeah, it's going to be tough. Like Rooney beat him twice to beat the same team three times. Yeah, that's almost unheard of, right? That, That doesn't happen really like anything any sports and it's just because that's a momentum thing it's hard to keep that momentum and ATL are a really really good side so uh, it'll be tough I, I think everyone credits ATL they're, they're very fit and their defense is really well structured they've got a strong defensive side they play a territory game where they kick well chase well and tackle well and they, they thrive off the mistakes of other teams and that's kind of been their blueprint and even though teams know it it's hard to play against where New York have a couple of game breakers. They've got a couple of guys, and, and in particular, an old guy named Andy Ellis, playing number nine, who has seen it all and done it all. Mm-hmm. And if there's anyone who can go into a big game and pull the right strings to get the upset down there, it's Andy Ellis. So I think if he's up for it, if he turns up on Saturday night and he's up for it, you know, ATL need to really be on their A game or New York could, could spank him for a third time down there. Right. And then I guess we can jump over to the other conference, Dan. What's going to be the difference in that in that Utah-Giltini's match? Well, yeah, Utah obviously won on the weekend, but I don't think they take too much out of it because that was a pretty much a Giltini's, you know, yeah. team. It was a, um, yeah, it was a, a scheduled week of rest in, in a lot of different places on the field. 100%. And, yeah, the only thing now is, is – the consistency and cohesion they get up the week together and playing together, they, they go with a little momentum into this game. They played LA in California, they played so far early this year, so they've been in a big stadium, so the Coliseum probably won't be as overwhelming for them as it could have been for other teams who hadn't been there. And um, it'll be tough. I, again, LA have champions. Right. To be honest, Colton, they've probably got a couple of Hall of Famers in there Right. Uh, when it's all said and done. So immediately they're favourites and they deserve to be. But Utah, you know, are a confident team. They've got a couple of really amazing players, Mikey Teo. Uh, they've got a good forward pack in Fortane and Jensen at the lineout, which needs to be strong because Dave Dennis is such a great, you know, tactician at the lineout for LA. So they're going to need a good lineout. Uh, Salmon Malolo is back and healthy. He's just a really dynamic hooker. I like him a lot. But uh, it'll be it'll be a tough ask, mate. That LA team, I think we might see something special from them on Sunday. Yeah, the the vibe I've kind of gotten from this LA team all year is like 
I feel like they can just turn it on when they want to. They can flip a switch and hang 60 on you. And it just seems like they're, I don't know, I guess we'll see because now, now it really matters, but they've just been building up all season for a moment like this to just really, you know, bring out the big guns and throw everything they have at you. And it's kind of like, I kind of feel like that might happen this weekend and hopefully Utah's ready for the test. But I did go on record a couple times already this year. And I, I said, I think Utah can pull off the upset. I said, if Utah can make it into the final in the uh, Western Conference final, it would not be that surprising to me to see them pull off an upset just because they've done it so many times this year, right? They, they That's what they do. They, they scare you uh, just to the edge of death and then they win. So I could, you know, I wouldn't be that surprised if that happened either, to be quite honest. No, and I think it's kind of weird, right? You've got the two opposites of the teams, LA, quick starters, first 20 minutes, you know, the Blitzkrieg, they get after it. Utah now are the, the comeback kids, the last 20 minutes. So now you ask yourself, can LA get out in that first 20 minutes and build a lead that they can maintain, or can Utah keep it tight and break hearts like they've done all year at the back end of the game? To me, I agree with you. I see this one as more of a potential for an upset. I think Atlanta are probably stronger favorites over New York than what LA are the Utah. I could see this one being, if there's going to be an upset this weekend, this would be my bet on it. I would agree with you there, Dan. That's, uh, you know, I think, we, I think we're on the right path there. If only we could put some money on this, try to make a little money on the weekend. But, uh, Dan, I wanted to add, oh, I guess, do you, you feel comfortable giving a finals pick? Is that your pick? Is, is Atlanta and, and LA? Oh, if I was putting some money down, yeah, I'd go LA Atlanta final. Would be the smart bet if you were a betting uh, person. Okay, there you go. Take it to the bank. Uh, Dan, so speaking of the Giltinis, I was just out in Utah this last weekend watching uh, Maake Moody and Jalen Robinson, some of the XO guys that I spent the spring around watching them play a little bit. So I know you, you've been locked in on MLR, but you know what do you think about what the little bit that you've seen about this Colorado XO program so far? Well, like you and I were just hanging out together. I was down helping out uh, my old coach, Mike Tolkien, with the Under-23 USA Academy, and just the talent that was there, the, the physical specimens, I think it's time that we worked a little harder to start unearthing these and what you know the team at Glendale are doing with the X's and O's plays into that perfectly because we've said it for years, but no one's ever really done anything about it. It's like, oh, you get all these great D1 athletes who don't go to the pros, what do they do? And until MLR came around, there wasn't really an answer for what do you do. It's like, do you want to come play club rugby in, you know, Iowa? Uh, I, I've just gone from playing in front of 70,000 people in the Rose Bowl and you want me to play in a park with a dog. And in Iowa, it's like there was never a lure. So I think it's great now that Glendale has recognized that, hey, there is a pathway now for these V1 athletes. Let's go out and find them. And we've already seen, and I think I just, I just said you and me caught up, that was a lot faster than I anticipated. So, mm-hmm. and the crew there at the X's and O's of getting those guys ready as quick as they did because we've seen some good performances. I mean, uh, Steely Dave Still down in Austin yeah. looks like a real keeper. I think you know, Austin probably going to re-sign him and keep him because he looks like a guy. Like Adam Channel on the weekend had a great game. Yeah. He's a little in and away there. Great rugby IQ, right? He, he set that up perfectly and scored a great try yep. in the second half and um, had a couple other really good plays as well. So it's, it's working. Yeah. It's working a lot quicker than I thought. I think the good thing now, Colton, is, is they proved that it's working. I think you'll see an even higher caliber of athletes starting to seek out the X's and O's of going, huh, you know, I, I see my buddy playing on, you know, CBS. Right. I see my buddy playing on Fox Sports. Okay, this thing's legit. 
I'm going to go check this out now and get the coaching I need to get up to speed. And, and you know, let's be honest, the resources uh, are not going to be available for that kind of tutelage at all MLR teams. Some are built for it. Yeah. And others are building towards it. So the exercise fills that void beautifully right now. Yeah, I think you kind of touched on a lot of the things that I've seen this year. And, like, I spent the whole spring around him. I had, had Peter Pascon last week, and he's kind of the guy that's been pushing the buttons and getting people, you know, in here and giving them, you know, the opportunity to try all this stuff out. And I asked him straight up, like, did you expect did you expect this much success this quick? Like, I don't think you would ask anybody that here around the program that said, you know, we'd have six guys in the MLR and one guy make it back to the NFL in 10 weeks, like real 10 real matches of time. And uh, so it's been interesting. It's been fun to be around. I, I've talked about it quite a bit on the show, just seeing how hard they worked. And, and that's the thing I, I, I didn't really expect either is like how quickly they would fall in love with the game and how serious they took it because they didn't, you know, the guys that I've, I've seen around here didn't come to, you know, for a vacation, didn't come to just kind of give this thing a little try. Like they come to try to be the best player they can be. I think that's part of the, the football mentality and some of these, you know, things that are ingrained in them from these high level D1 football programs from making it to the NFL. Like you can't do anything halfway. And it's been cool to see them like fully, you know, take advantage of this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. The NFL things like just the cherry on top, right? Is Yeah. Just, it's it just, not, I know we had that league, the spring league, but, you know, probably not a lot coming out of there. It's just a gap fill, but NFL teams will leave no stone unturned to gain an advantage. And if you can add a little bit of like that rugby into your repertoire for a college football player, you know, all of a sudden you, you learn a few new things on defense in particular, like for a yeah. linebacker, DN, cornerback, even D-line guys who come over, tighten up their tackle technique and become more effective. And all of a sudden you go from like an 80% tackle effective cornerback to 90 plus teams are going to be like, yeah, that's the guy we want back there. Exactly. Tackle. So that's that's a part of it I'm, i don't know if they had that thought going forward I, i'm pretty sure it's just rugby specific yeah no now that becomes like well that's kind of interesting too you get an nfl maybe you guys been in the league for a year or two and, and has gone through the workout circuit and hasn't been picked up again come play a season of rugby and kind of polish up a little bit of your athleticism in a different way and you know you'll get noticed again you got a little bit of yeah. film so it looks good yeah it's just another thing i think to add to the resume that you know, this is a this is an opportunity we've had already. You know, seen one guy go to the to the NFL, and the guy I'm speaking is Michael Bandy. He played scrum half this year for I think seven or eight games. He was like a slot receiver at, at San Diego, so he got picked up by the Chargers. And you know, he's going to have to make the NFL on special teams. And you know, what you have to do on special teams. You got to hustle. You got to tackle. And Bandy was just working on his tackling for five months so he's got he's got a leg up on some i think some of the other guys some of the other receivers that he'd have to beat out for a special team spot uh and i think that's just another interesting little wrinkle to the whole thing and dan speaking of the nfl i didn't ask you about this last time but you, you have some familiarity with crossing over into the nfl is that correct yes sir yes oh, well hunting a football is a little different to actually playing a skill position in the nfl He's still, he's still crossing over to the NFL, though. I think the point stands. So you had workouts with what? Based on my research, the Vikings, Jets, Bears, Ravens, and Chargers? Uh, so got a couple more in there as well. Oh, I knew I was I just knew I was short uh, a few. Let's hear them. Nah, it's, it's, all that tells me is that how massive of a failure I was that none of those teams were on beside me. And I tried out for all of them. No, it's hard. There's uh, no. only 32 of those jobs. 
that's a very small percentage of people getting those jobs. It was. And the one thing I'll tell you, if there's any kids out there playing rugby who want to kind of have a shot at the NFL, the difficult thing is, is the experience is they'll take a punt and they'll take literally uh, as I was punting football. Um, they'll take a punt and they'll look at you. But unless you are 110% game ready to go, you won't get a shot. Like there was, you know, initially I'll, I'll give you a, a quick story of one of my workouts was with the Jets. I got brought in to work out with the Jets. It was actually the back end of the 2009 rugby season. So we'd just come off the Churchill Cup and I went and worked out with the Jets. Had a great worker, Coach Westhoff. If anyone watched Hard Knocks, the Jets edition, a uh, bit of a character. He was a special teams coach there at the time. And it was me, uh, two other punters. One actually was Colorado, went to school at UNC up here in Northern Colorado. Mm. And um, all the guys at the back end of their NFL careers, great workout. Uh, they basically grabbed me afterwards and said, listen, yeah, you're, you're a guy. We're dropped up to paperwork. And I'm like, this is fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to get a shot at the Jets. And, Scout comes down about 45 minutes later and he's like, hey, what college did you go to? And uh, so I told him and he goes, never heard of them before. I said, well, they're, you know, they're not in, they're in Australia. And he goes, oh, no, no, what college football did you play? I never played college football. He goes, oh, okay, what, what professional football did you play? I said, none. And he goes, why are you here? I said, well, <laughs> you guys invited me. And he goes, this is a veteran workout. We have a free, like a uh, undrafted free agent college kid that we picked up we need a veteran to compete with him i'm like oh yeah i've never never played a down in my life and they're like oh i said well why'd you bring me in and he goes oh we looked at your date of birth and just did you were <laughs> old and you're a veteran so, uh, i said i'm not getting a contract and they're like no no and then uh, they called one of the other guys and he got he was at the airport turned around came back signed for jets didn't make the team but uh yeah there you go um so they definitely want you to have some form of experience and it was a tough run. So go to college if you can. If you're young enough, go to the college route, get some experience, and go to the NFL. Interesting. I've never heard of that, anything like that happening before. That's not surprising, though. I feel like – is that like a specific rule they had to fill or something? Like would they have gotten fined if they signed you? Also, could you have lied? Like was there? would they have verified? Like, yeah, he went no, there. No, no. The, um, obviously, the, the, the records of the NFL are so like, thorough, right? They know yeah. like all contracts are public knowledge and – it's not like uh, rugby where you sign a contract and they're like, oh, Colton has signed. But you don't know what for. Like the NFL, like you can literally get online and look at like the value of every player on that uh, 53-man roster of what they've signed for, how long they've signed for. So, yeah, don't worry. It, uh, the thought crosses your mind. It's like, um, yeah, no, yeah. I played for the um, yeah. Baton Rouge uh, Mud Crabs. Yeah, we could just made something up like that movie Accepted, right? As a kid didn't get into college, just makes his own college. Could have done that with you, South Dan. Harmon Institute of Technology. Yeah, there you go. That's it. Yeah. I couldn't think of the college off the top of my head. The last question I have to ask you about that, Dan, is like, how did you, how did you like get your foot in the door, though? Like, did you have, like, what was the connection? Like, how did you get the first workout? Because I would assume they kind of all steamroll after yeah, that a little bit. It, it, it does. Like, obviously, once you kind of get one, your name goes out in the waiver line. People like, lose that guy? Builds momentum. So the first one, I was living in Connecticut and playing for the New York Athletic Club and in the pool for the Eagles. And I was training at a high school, doing just some conditioning work. Uh, it was, I think it was, mid-season Super League, so I was just doing a bit of extra work. Mm -hmm. And there was a high school football team kind of running some drills at the opposite end of the field. And I'm like, I've got my little kind of box worked out. I'm just doing some shuttles and 
find a little space and it's huge fields. So I'm like, everyone should be okay. Anyway, they start throwing the ball down. It keeps landing in my stuff. And I'm like, throw it back, throw it back. And I finally say, hey, any chance you can kind of just like go to the other side of the field, like mm-hmm. you know, give, me, give me a bit of space in the nicest possible way. Yeah, yeah, yeah no worries. And the ball comes down again. I'm like, at this point, all right, I had enough. So I just punt the ball as hard as I can. <laughs> And it just takes off. Like of all the of all the punts that I've shanked, all the kicks I've shanked <laughs> in my life, this is not one of them. This one is an absolute piss missile. It just takes off down the field. And the coach comes over and I'm like thinking, This guy wants to go. Like, yeah. You're gonna have, have to get a fight this day. Little, we're gonna have a discussion. I'm gonna have to call my wife from the Connecticut, you know, state troopers office saying, I had a fight with a high school football coach over kicking a football. I'm sorry, can you come bail me out? But uh, he comes down and he's got a ball in his hand. He goes, do that again. Like, do, do what again? He goes, punt it. And I said, all right. So I punt it again, hit another decent one. He's like, it's incredible. Who do you play for? And I said, uh, New York Athletic Club. He goes, never heard of them. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's the New York Athletic Club. Like, yeah. He goes, yeah, I've heard of them, but I didn't know they had a football team. Like, oh, no, rugby. And he goes, you don't play football? <laughs> I was like, no, just rugby. And he's like, you should make a couple of million doing what you just did. And boom, that were the magic words, Colton. I was like, yeah, make a couple of million, huh? So I went back home and started learning as much as I could and kind of looking at the numbers and what happens. And so I went back to the field and just uh, went and bought a couple of NFL balls, went back to the field and started punting. And same coach come up and he's like, I have a, uh, I think it was his cousin, was a coach at Rutgers at the time. Because you should go try out. I think it was, I was like 27, maybe. Mm-hmm. And married, had my son going back to university, especially an American university, probably wouldn't have been desirable for my wife, for me to do. <laughs> I would have had a great time. That would have been, yeah, that would have been the, uh, I know yeah. CU's kicker was like a 32-year-old Australian guy very recently. Recently, that's right, yeah, but I don't think he was married with kids. So, <laughs> yeah, a little uh, different life ben, situation. Ben Wilder there, living the dream, but... So, yeah, I said, that was just not going to be possible. And he goes, you should meet him. And so I did. And we kind of talked a little bit. I kicked some balls. This was down in, in New Jersey. And kicked some balls. And he's like, listen, your leg's better than our, like, our punter, like by far. And he's probably going to try to get into the NFL. He goes, you should try to get into the NFL. He goes, um, he's an agent locally. Does a lot of special teams guys. He had a couple of kickers and punters under, under him at the time. And so I went and had a workout with him. He filmed it. Uh, he's like, listen, I I think we can get some interest, man. He goes, you, you've got probably one of the biggest legs I've ever seen. Wow. And sure enough, a couple of months later, I was actually um, in camp with the USA Sevens in Chula Vista. Uh-huh. And we're just getting ready to go. I think it was the Wellington Australia legs back when it was Wellington Adelaide, I believe. And uh, Miami Dolphins called up and said, I want to sign you. I want you to come in. They had a special teams coach who's like a kicking guru. And he got the video and he was just like, let me polish this guy up. Like, you just can't, you can't train that kind of power. Right. Let me train him up and we're, we're going to have like a really good punter on our hands. And so they sent a box of balls. I still remember they sent a box of balls out to the OTC. I'm like at Sevens Camp and all sent a box of NFL football. Show up for the Miami <laughs> Dolphins. It's kind of a surreal moment. Wow. So I went down there. Had a, had a good workout, real good workout. And Bill Parcells was their advisor at the time, uh, football advisor. And he stood up on a balcony and kind of watched. And 
Uh, it was just unfortunate that the special teams coach, the assistant, took a head coach, uh, uh, sorry, a special teams coaching job at the Kansas City Chiefs mm. and left. And the Dolphins are kind of like, you're too raw. Like, you know, we, we don't have the skills. Yeah. Polish your skills now. And so as quick as I was in Miami, I was home. I, I do remember getting on Craigslist and looking at waterfront property in Miami, pretty confident <laughs> that I was going to be making a couple oh, of money. Oh, man. Come to fruition. So that was... That was basically how it all got started. And then from there, you have a couple of workouts, you get a name. And, you know, a bit of networking. I was a pretty aggressive networker. I would call teams whenever they were playing a left-footed punter and say, hey, I'm a left-footed punter, and I'd like to come in and work out for you guys on Friday and kick to your return guys so they can get a look at the ball coming off a lefty. And uh, quite a few teams, like, said, yeah, we'd love to have you. And, you know, Minnesota were one of those teams that brought me in and that ended up getting me an invite up to camp with them. So it wow. worked out. You, last question, I guess, Dan, I, I lied. Do you get paid for that? You get paid for those like one-off things or you don't get paid till you ink the deal? <laughs> no, no, you don't. Oh, the NFL, I can't uh, throw you like 500 bucks or something. Oh, you, you get you get some food. I mean, depending, actually, it's weird, Colin, because the teams are different. So I remember going and working out for the Bears like two days after Christmas, and it was miserable. The field was frozen, the windy. It was typical Chicago in December. Horrible workout. And usually the teams will throw you a bit of gear, like shorts and a T-shirt, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. But not the Bears. They, they were stingy. They had a scout stand there and watched us get dressed and undressed and made sure nothing found its way in the bag. No souvenirs. No no food. They didn't feed us. They wow. just flew us out and got it out. Where the San Diego Chargers were phenomenal. Like, Awesome. Like, treated me so well there. It was, like, I felt, like, almost, like, welcome there, like a part of the furniture. I went there probably six times, I think, and um, took care of you. You're going down into the equipment room. The guy's like, you need some shoes, you need cleats, gloves. I'm like, I'm a punter. I don't need any of that stuff. Sure. <laughs> yeah, okay. might as well. So, throw it in a little shadow box or something, commemorate the trip. Yeah, I had, like, a, I had a, at one point a closet full of charges gear living in Denver, Colorado. It was, uh, <laughs> Wasn't ideal. And, so, that, and now yeah. your son's a Chiefs fan. so Loves the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah it's full circle. Guy. You just got to do something with the Raiders now. And then, I mean, maybe you can cop some Raiders gear at this uh, USA-Ireland game in uh, in October. Yeah. There you I go. I was actually just in Vegas. The stadium looks unreal, too. Yeah. So that'll be an awesome event. Um, yeah. So, actually, Chiefs, Raiders, two teams that never gave me a workout. So, I, reckon, uh, I hope they lose yeah. every year. I'm, I'm right there with you, Dan. All right, Dan, that's yeah. all the questions I had. I didn't know we were going to talk about pun for so long, but I love it. And I got a soundbite <laughs> out of you that the Bears are cheap. We can put that on the internet and get a lot of views on the podcast. That's always good. Uh, but, Dan, how, uh, which match are you calling this weekend? How can people listen to you? How can people follow along with what you're doing on the internet? Oh, perfect, mate. Yeah, I will have the Western Conference Final on Saturday. So it'll be at about 4 o'clock uh, local time in Colorado on CBS Sports, the LA-Utah game, and then uh, – I'll have the uh, final on August 1st on CBS, which will be TBD versus TBD. <laughs> I love it. Dan, always a pleasure catching up with you. Thanks so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. You too, mate. Great seeing your face today in a safe, COVID-friendly, socially distanced manner. Yes. You're the best. It was nice. Looking forward to seeing you soon, Dan. Have a good one. Thanks, mate. Sonny Bill, eat your heart out. All right. Now we welcome on a very special guest to the DNVR Rugby Podcast, Olympian, uh, Colorado and my former teammate, uh, Cody Melfi. Cody, how's it going, my friend? It's amazing, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And thanks for all the love you've been giving me. Of course, man. That's that's my job. I got to boost up the Colorado guy, especially on this DNVR rugby podcast stuff. So 
Uh, very pleased to have you on. So for those that don't know, like I said in the intro, Cody's Olympian just finished uh, playing in Tokyo this last summer, and of course we'll get to that. But but Cody, the first question we ask everybody that comes on the show is just tell us a little bit about where you're from. Yeah, so I'm from Colorado, I'm born and raised, and I grew up in Littleton, went to Heritage High School, and um, ventured off into college at, in Colorado as well until I kind of um, decided college wasn't for me. And uh, two years later, I college was for me again and ended up going to Life University on a scholarship. So it's a little bit about, you know, where I came from. Yeah, I think you have a super interesting story, just like in terms of your rugby career and how you got into it. So I guess that'll be the first question I ask and then we'll, we'll get into the weeds a little bit. So how did you get into rugby? Because what sport did you used to play? Yeah, so I was multi-sport growing up, but soccer was my main sport and I did wrestling in the winter because I found it fun. But yeah, I grew up playing soccer my whole life. I thought I was going to be a professional soccer athlete and now I'm a professional rugby player. But in high school, when I was 18, I actually had a friend, Jesus Flores, he's no longer with us anymore, but um, he was talking to some of my friends and he was saying he's starting a rugby team. And I was like, overheard. All I did, I overheard. I was like, a rugby team like I want to play something new so I ended up going out to that first practice and it was so much fun like Jesus was the only one who knew how to play rugby which was amazing and there was like 35 of us that knew nothing about rugby but we all had so much fun and so we just kept showing up that's an interesting story and I'm sure if you ask like anyone our age uh obviously I played with you for a little bit but if you ask anyone our age like how they got into rugby like hey zeus is probably involved in, in some way shape or form so that is interesting and that's a good turnout yeah. 35 people that's that's a good turnout for only jesus knowing how to play so do you remember like when you caught the bug like was it at that first practice was it like in, a, in maybe in your first match like do you there's a question i like to ask rugby people because it's so different for everybody like so do you remember when y you were hooked like when you're like man this is awesome yeah, I think it was a two part hook because the first one was that first practice where we're just like out there running around and like coach Charlie and coach Ethan are like telling us trying to tell us what to do and we're just like we're just gonna like hit each other. <laughs> and then, and then that next weekend like one week of practice, um, we go out and play and we play mountain Vista, I think and we we beat we like run them into the ground 80 zero and all the boys were just like holy cow we're hooked. So <laughs> wow. That's funny, man. So like, when did you realize it was something you wanted to take seriously? Because I know you just said that you, you were focused on soccer. And then if I'm not mistaken, you actually went to college to play soccer originally, right? Yeah, so I went to college. Um, I was a freshman walk on at Metropolitan State University of Denver. And the only position open was right back. I was more of a forward. And that's the position I went for. That's the position I played. Mm -hmm. And I actually got the most minutes on the team as a walk on freshman, which was pretty cool. Um, after that first year, I kind of just fell out of love with soccer. And I was like, you know what, this isn't for me. And, and I, um, I ended up doing one more year of school and dropped out of school as well. And during that time, I joined Glendale. And it was kind of a thing, like from the first start, I was, I was playing with Glendale 15s and I was playing with Littleton Rugby 7s. And from the beginning, I just started watching high-level rugby. I was watching the HSBC 7 series since 2012. I went to every single Las Vegas 7s. So I went to six in a row, I think, six years in a row. <laughs> I mean, back in 2012, I think, I can't remember if it was South Africa. Yeah, that one. And we rushed the field and we're all just like running onto the field. But kind of, it was always an early thing for me. It was always like, you know, I looked up to this 
type of rugby. I want to be a high level player and everything I did, I just want to be the best. So right. um, it was really early. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's interesting. Cause I know like it had to be like a, was it a hard decision to leave soccer or were you just kind of like, I'm just done with this. Like that's how it kind of was with me, I guess. I just didn't want to play football anymore. And uh, I obviously didn't play in college or anything like that, but like, how did you come to that decision? Just like I'm over this. Yeah. I mean, it was like kind of two part things. Uh, mostly I just kind of fell in love with soccer, but the other, the other part of it was, you know, the way soccer was going and, you know, my coach one day told me to fall in the box when I didn't. And it was just kind of like, you know what, that's not the type of soccer that I used to play growing up. Like this game used to be way different. And mm-hmm. uh, maybe I had just played it so long. I played it since I was three. I played for 16 years. Maybe I just got worn out from it too. Yeah. I mean, that's a fair answer. Uh, what, um, so you're playing with Glendale, you're playing with Littleton. Like, can you explain to me just kind of how the doors opened for you from there then? Because like you said, you, you had dropped out of school, but you, you know, eventually end up going to life. So like, how did, I guess, the, the gap in between that and life come about? How did, how did the opportunity go to life happen? Yeah, absolutely. So at Glendale, you know, anybody knows this, like, you know, they were powerhouse of rugby the last 10 years. And when I was there, I was 19 years old, you know, 175 pounds, first year of rugby, um, you know, sorry, D3, D2, D1, PRP. And once I got to that top level, you know, at Glendale, I was behind a bunch of Eagles, man. I was like, yeah. you know, Otta, Nessie, Malifa <laughs> and the positions I wanted to play. So I was like stuck on the wing and fullback. And I just wasn't like getting the progression, the, the looks I really wanted. And luckily I just did really well in a couple tournaments and was seen by Steve Lynch, who who helped with recruiting at Life University, and he kind of reached out to Tui Osborne and to Colton Carriaga, and they they gave me a call and said, hey, we'd like to give you a little two-week trial. Um, school starts in three weeks. Can you get down here now? And it was like a like instant snap of the finger where I was like, okay, all of a sudden I live in Georgia. <laughs> yeah. And what was that like? Like, was that was that hard for you being a Colorado guy? Like, you, you went to Metro, and then now all of a sudden you, you're down in the South. Yeah. Uh, it was weird at first. I mean, the first practice I showed up to, I I got off the plane and, you know, I already, I knew that I was showing up going straight to practice. So I had like my practice, like sliders on some socks ready to go and have my cleats in my hand. And I showed up to practice and we're on this like upper field. It's soaking wet. Um, like it's muddy long, like the horse grass, you know, like like that's a grass you never see in Colorado. Like, (laughs) and, and then it starts pouring. And I'm like, and it's 90 degrees. Yeah. And I'm like, what did I just get myself into? <laughs> what was it? How was life? What was your experience like there? Oh my gosh. It was a brotherhood. I mean, it was so cool. I, it was my first real experience of like getting a full-time experience of rugby. And like, mm-hmm. you know, at, at Glendale men's rugby, all that you play two, three, four times a week. Um, at Life University, we played every single day. I mean, I touched a rugby ball every single day. And it was so that opportunity to just kind of thrive and be in a full-time environment and around people who knew more than I did. And I mean, I've always been a student of the game, so I'm always trying to soak up everything. So when I got there, I knew like, this is the top of the top. Let me soak everything up now. Let, let, me, get, let me get even more um, knowledge on this game. And so that's what I did. I just began soaking everything up and, and it became a brotherhood. I, you know, I started from the bottom there too. I, yeah. I was a walk-on at Life University too. I got yeah. no scholarship when I showed up too. Just grinding it out everywhere you're going, man. So how long were you there? You were there for what, three years then? Just about two, two and a half years. Okay. And then what happens after that? Because you end up going to the army. Like how soon is that after <laughs> your time at Life? 
So right after I graduated, so we had the CRCs in June, um, graduated, I joined um, Denver Barbarians, the men's sevens program. We went to nationals and then I played Surrey Rugby Town. Um, and then I got invited out to two USA rugby camps. So one was an incubator and then I did well in that. So I got invited to like a regular senior men's um, group. Mm-hmm. And after that one is when they kind of offered me residency where, so this is, it's a little bit long because okay. they, they <laughs> offered me residency and at the time I was engaged and I had just been away from Peyton, my wife for two and a half years going to life. So I was like, I can't do this. Like it was rugby housing. It wasn't like the pay I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And so I became a re- what you call a remote soldier or a remote uh, player. And you just fly in for tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah. And when I got back home, I actually got a call from Colton Carriaga, the coach at Life University. And he told me about the Army and the world-class athlete program. So he was like, hey, you could join the Army, get paid, and play rugby. And that's kind of where the Army came from. So I had never in my, like, I always, you know, everybody wants to be a Navy SEAL when they're a kid. Yeah. But I'd never in my life really focused and been like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm going into the military. So like, this was out of the blue, man. This was, it was, you know, from right field. How long do you have to, how long do you think about that? Like when he calls you to when you enlist, what, what is that time frame looking like? So it was about 14 days. And I'll I'll tell you you what, in the, you were like the king of like spurring decisions, right? Like we're talking about, you know, school starts in three weeks, come down to Georgia Hey, you're going to be in the army in two weeks. If you want to continue, that's some crazy stuff. dude. I cannot imagine that. Yeah, no. So the army, it was two weeks, but I'll tell you what, every single day I spent about 10 to 12 hours researching every little thing I could about this program, about the army, like reassuring my mom and dad that I wasn't going to go, you know, to, to the middle East during my, during my time in the army. Um, and like, just all this reassuring stuff, like, okay, I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be good. Like, this is what's best for me. And going forward, if I really want to be on that national team and really want to accomplish my goals, this is what's best for me. So it's a no brainer at that point. Wow. So what was that like? Like, did, was there days where you were like, what the hell am I doing? Like, this is horrible. Or, or, you know, how did, you know, what was that like? I'm just curious. Yeah. So we did 14 weeks straight of training and you know this is like waking up at 3 45 a.m and going to bed at 10 p.m every night training um and and when you go to bed at night at 10 p.m you're not going to bed every hour you know someone there's people four people in your bay have to be up you know monitoring your bay like protecting it and so we're i'm up every two hours you're like i'm the guy protecting the bay every two hours so like really you're getting like three hours a night of sleep you're just getting crushed by your drill sergeants. They're coming in middle of the night, like, you know, something's wrong, you know, something's always wrong, you know, drenching you with hoses. They're, they're just <laughs> trying to do whatever you can, like, to mess with you. And yeah, I'll, I'll always remember, like, one of the roughest moments is we, we did seven day, like, field exercise training. And so what it means is you're just out in the field. And so I was, I went to um, Missouri for my, um, for my basic training in the winter. And so we're out in the field. We, we find these like little rabbit holes, like we dig our own rabbit holes. Me and my uh, battle buddy were right next to each other. And for seven days, we're out in this like negative, like 10 degree weather, sleeping, getting up. Same thing. You got to get up at 3.45 a.m., get ready oh. for the day. But you're like, clothes are freezing. Like, and there was a moment where I was like, what 
what am I doing here? Why did I do this? <laughs> yeah. So that, that Missouri cold's a little bit different too. It's like heavier, like sits on you a little bit different than it does here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cold. So you do that for 14 weeks and then what's it look like after that? Like, then are you like, how do you go about getting in the world-class athlete program? Like, are you just in it from the beginning or do you have to do this first and then like apply for something? Like, how does all that work? Yeah. So it was written into my contract, which was the best part. And the, the nice. only reason that I did it yeah. because I I'd heard about like, you know, one of my buddies, Will Holder, it took him two years to, to apply and get into the program. And so the only reason I did it was because it was written into my contract. Okay. So you do, you do basic training and then what's life look like for you? Yeah. So I graduated basic training and AIT, which is my like job training, job specific training on mm -hmm. February 12th. On the 17th, I moved to San Diego and on the 22nd, I get chosen for the Las Vegas HSBC sevens tournament. Perfect. And again, another quick turnaround, but uh, I do have a question though. So like, I remember when, uh, Nate Ebner was, you know, making his push for the, uh, Rio Olympics back in 2016. And I was reading a lot of articles about how he was, you know, talking to a lot of NFL media guys that maybe aren't as familiar with rugby. And he's talking about how like training for that, the Olympics, like that sevens training was some of the, you know, hardest stuff that he's done. Does that, I mean, does that even stack up to the military stuff? Like is sevens training, like when you, when you, you know, have a bad day or something, you have a big day of, of fitness testing or something, you're just like, oh, this is nothing. I'm not digging holes out in the middle of Missouri. Yeah, it's, it's just different. <laughs> uh, rugby sevens training is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. The, yeah. the military training was the hardest mentally thing I've yeah. ever done in my life. Makes sense. <laughs> Makes sense. I needed to make sure I asked you that, though. That's what I was yeah. thinking about when I, when I went into all that stuff. So, no, I mean, you're in the program now. So I guess, you know, you're working your way through. You just made the Olympics. Um, is that you kind of want to jump to that or are we missing some some major points in the middle of that stuff right there? Uh, no, there's nothing really that major in between. I mean, um, no, yeah, yeah, let's jump. All right. So, yeah, you just got back from the Olympics and I know uh, what have you been up to, I guess, since then, right? You've taken some well-deserved time off. I saw you walking around Rugby Town last week. It was good to, to see you in person for the first time in a while. Um, yeah. You got your tattoo. So what else have you kind of been doing in your little bit of a break? Yeah, so um, Team USA kind of put us up in Universal Studios for a few days, which was cool. And then from there, I went and saw my mom in Tampa and for about a week. And then I came back to Colorado to see my dad and I kind of, I ended up extending my stay an extra week so I could watch rugby town sevens. Cause I'm just always, I'm a fan of rugby. So I was like, all right, let's watch it. And I, know, watch. I was talking to you last week. Like, have you ever not played in that? That was, this was your first one just watching, right? Yeah. This is the first one since two, 2012. I haven't played. How, how bad did you want to play? Funny enough. I didn't want to play. I really? was, I was good. I was content. Really, man. That's interesting. Like I thought like once you got in there and started watching a little bit, you'd get the, you get the itch. I do have a more of a respect for the fans. So like shout out to the fans that sit, sit there for three days straight, because I know I was hot. I was sweaty. I got sunburned. My butt hurt from, <laughs> from the concrete. Oh yeah. And that in itself is so respectful that people sit out there and watch us play because all we do is play 14 minutes you know every three hours right. you know, we're out there for less than an hour a day they, they were out there all day yeah dude it's it's a grunt i'm not you know <laughs> you're still watching <laughs> rugby but i i do know what you mean those are some long days you have to be a dedicated rugby fan to to endure that weekend um but cody i wanted to ask you like you've played in all these big sevens tournaments you know all over the world the olympics now 
uh, obviously all over the circuit. Like, how does this tournament stack up to, to some of those things? Um, rugby town? Yeah. Yeah, so it's just a different, it's a stepping stone. And that's what I think is so awesome about rugby town. It is, it is an international invitational tournament. So it's, you know, it's bigger than men's national sevens, but it's not anywhere near, to be honest, what the men's senior national level is. Yeah. But it's that, it's that stepping stone where like, okay, I'm, I'm competing, you know, sometimes there's lower level teams, but then there's this high level teams that you're like, you know, there's Olympians out there. Right. There's people who have played, you know, 25 stops on the world series and, you know, over 25 caps, there's those type of guys out there. And so it's that opportunity to kind of stack up and, and say, mono mono, you know, let's see what I can do. And it's that stepping stone into that next level. That's interesting. I'm curious to see, cause like I, you know, I never played in rugby town and I've heard a lot of different things from a lot of different people, but you have such a unique perspective having played in so many of them. And then of course, you know, making the national side and, and playing on the circuit and playing in the Olympics. Uh, so I guess now we can jump into the Olympics. I, I mixed up my questions a little bit. Uh, so can you take me through like kind of how you got selected? Because the selection came like a little bit differently this year, right? It was on the back of, you know, a Ben Pinkelman injury. But I just wanted to like, what was that like for you? Like the timeline? Yeah. I know you made a TikTok about it. I was, I was watching it, you know, over the last few weeks or so. But I'm just interested to hear about the timeline of your selection and just kind of how it came about. Yeah, I mean, it's just like anything else in my life. It just kind of doesn't happen the perfect way. And so, you know, selections come um, the Sunday afternoon after the quest for gold. And just like any other selection, they come through an email. And so selections came in and my name wasn't on the board and it wasn't anywhere near. It wasn't even on the reserves. So, you know, that first day is a lot of like, at first, it's all sadness that first day. It's just kind of right. like, damn, you know, I just didn't make it. I, I, I did everything I could and I didn't make it. And then the next day is like madness. Like, man, you know, you're mad at the coach. You're mad at yourself. You're mad at, you know, it's just like you, you have this madness. And then that's kind of that third day is when you kind of get the reckoning. Like, you know what, if I was in my teammates positions, what would I want out of myself? And, it, and it's to be the best teammate you can and to help those guys prepare and get, get to the Olympics and, and go compete and, and win. And so by that third day, you're kind of, you're, you're back into it. I mean, we're all professional athletes, so we understand disappointment and not getting selected like that. So you're back into, you're back at training, you're back doing everything. So a week and a half go by and, you know, Ben is still, you know, in, you know, out because of his back and he goes in for a couple of shots. They don't work. And I mean, he steps up and he does the biggest thing, you know, it's really hard, but oh, you know, yeah, he pulled could, himself out. I couldn't even imagine like, again, you work so hard for this thing. And then to have to, to come out with the injury, to make the decision to do that, it would be incredibly difficult. Yeah, I, I think that um, he could have probably gone to um, as in like they would have they would have taken him. But he he stepped up and he said, you know, this isn't what best for the team. Um, I'm not going. And even at that point, like he's a Ford, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a halfback at 10. You know, I'm not I'm not the guy filling in for that position, right. you know. I, in no sense in my mind was I ever like, okay, sweet. Like, here we go. I'm, I'm in, I never would have thought in a hundred days that that would have been me. So a day goes by and Mike like approaches me and he kind of just wants to talk about selections. Cause we hadn't talked about them yet. So we talked about selections next and he kind of gives me wind that like, Hey, you know, we're looking at all the, all the people we could, you may or may not come into the squad. The next day I showed up in the morning 
And he, he kind of pointed at me. It was like, Cody, come here. And like sat me down in two chairs and kind of just, he just put out his hand and shook my hand and said, congratulations. And yeah. it was like, you're, you're in the squad. What did that feel like? Uh, man, I still like get choked up about it. Like yeah. thinking about it is like, I couldn't believe it. Like I just could not believe that it was me that was selected, you know, out of everybody right. that could have gone, it was me. I know uh, there's like been people that I've talked to you about you just like, and it's just basically what you've just told me. Like, it's cool to see you get this opportunity because, like, you've done you've done everything you've could. Like, you've taken the doors I've opened for you, like, to get to this point, right? Like, I'm sure there was a piece of you that really didn't want to move to Georgia, like, on three weeks' notice. And I'm sure, you know, joining the Army wasn't your first choice, but but you, like, take these chances and you, you, you go through the doors that open for you and... You know, as I've like been around some of these XO guys and I've talked to them about like how they've made the decision to even try rugby, it's like I've talked to people that have been like, you need when an opportunity like opens for you, you got to take it because that can lead to another opportunity. And you are like a living, breathing example of that. And you did that literally all the way to the Olympics. I just think that's freaking awesome, man. And I know that 99% of the people wouldn't have done that stuff. So that's kind of like how I look at it. I just think it's I, like I admire you for that. And it's it's cool to be able to talk to you about this whole journey. Yeah, thank you, man. I, <clears throat> if I could tell anybody anything is like, don't let opportunity pass, man. The opportunities are coming in your life for a reason. No matter how scared you are, like take advantage of those opportunities because they've gotten me so far. And I know they'll get everybody else further in their life, too. Yeah, I mean, that's good advice to take. So so you you make the team now and you're going to Tokyo um so you're like a correct me if i'm wrong you were listed as like an alternate right um yeah so i was the 13th man alternate so you so but you get to make your debut against south africa correct yeah what was that like so running out on the field just becoming an olympian is one of the most incredible feelings it was like all my dreams everything i ever wanted everything my biggest goal in life was becoming an olympian and it was all happening when I ran out on the field. So it was just it encompassed all this feeling of like success mm-hmm. and and gratitude. So that was like the second day of the like sevens competition, correct? Yes. So it was. What, what what did you do for the first day? Like were you in the well, stands? Like how how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. So I was in the stands. Um 13th man. I was um I, I warm up with the team. I do mm-hmm. everything with the team. I'm in the I'm in the locker room the whole time. A to Z, everything I do with the team, except for run out on the field. Yeah. So when they get ready to run out the field, I run up to the stands and I kind of watch from the stands with the seven other people that were there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so was it always in the cards for you to for you to play that second day or like how did that come about? So the really cool thing about the Olympics and rugby town kind of took on the same mantra was that that 13th man is a playable man at any point and you can put him in and out of your roster and that was kind of what mike came to me and told me he's like we strategically put you in there because we believe in what you can do for our um for our team in certain games and so i didn't know when my opportunity was going to come and i really thought it was going to come on day one against like kenya or ireland because those are just good matchups for me and something that you know would have been good for me to take on with the team but it came on that day two against south africa and I couldn't be more thankful because I, I always I feel like I always play South Africa. Like every <laughs> every time I play a tournament, I'm always playing South yeah. Africa. Interesting. No, that's awesome, man. I know it was good to see you run out. 
and like I said, it, it was like a piece of me because I did play with you very briefly. So it's cool to see like my teammates and people I know like go on to do awesome stuff like this. And it's cool to catch up with you now about all that stuff too. So I guess overall, what was the experience at the Olympics like? Like I know probably wasn't the results that you guys wanted, but was not a bad showing like at all to say the least, right? I feel like everybody here is very proud of uh, of the, the performance put forth by you and the women's team. That's just how was the experience at the Olympics overall? Yeah, it was, it was, you know, exactly that. It was just an experience. It was, you know, I had no really high expectations for anything. Um, there's a lot of COVID protocols, so we're pretty much locked down to our rooms and to the Olympic yeah. Village. So we didn't really get to get out. We didn't get to see a lot of stuff, but I did see a lot of athletes. I did interact with a lot of people. Um, I was able to, there was a bunch of stuff to do in the village. Um, so it was just an overall, it was really, um, <clears throat> how would I explain it? It, was just, it just felt good to be a part of it. I'm yeah. like, you know, I've accomplished and I've, I've sacrificed and I am, I am here as an Olympian. It was yeah. just felt really good to be there and be able to say that. I feel like I was asking you this last week, but did, did you get to see like any super famous people? Like, is there anybody that like, have you been starstruck before in your life? Like was the, did it come at this tournament or how did that work? Um, I haven't ever really been starstruck to be honest, because I've always like since a young age, like understood that, no matter how big or famous yeah. or, we're all still like people we're all still like yeah. and i've kind of carried that mantra into myself like i'm still i still like to go home and play video games <laughs> and have fun like that you know like i'm still no matter how like olympic or whatever it is puts in front or behind my name it's like i'm still a person i'm still so i think the coolest person i saw was yao ming and yeah. the only reason is because i walked by him and he's like huge. towered over <laughs> me he was huge so do you know, like, I have a question. I don't know if this, you might know the answer. Like, do all the NBA guys, like, do their own thing? Like, they're not staying in those, in the village with you? Or are they have like, yeah, a big hotel yeah, or they, something? No, they, all the NBA guys have their own little setup. So in, in Rio, it was a yacht um, yeah. outside of the village. Um, here, I don't know what, where they were here. But yeah, they have their own setup. They're, they're not staying in the village. <laughs> Would they have fit on that bed? No, absolutely not. But supposedly they had extenders. I didn't need them. Oh, uh, yeah, that's OK. Uh, I guess, I too, before I get into, you know, what you got going on now, and I like to ask one question, but like was was the Olympics TikTok heaven for you? So for people that don't know, you're kind of like gigantic on TikTok, right? What, what's your following right now? Uh, I think I'm about to hit 993,000. <laughs> so I got I got some TikTok questions. I know TikTok kind of blew up in the in the pandemic, but I feel like you were on it before that, weren't you? Yeah, I've I've been on it since almost the beginning for about two and a half years now. What's what's the key to getting good at it? Do you know? Just post trends. I think the most the easiest thing is post often and post the trends because that's what people want to see, no matter how cringe they are. That's what people like. <laughs> and then <laughs> was the Olympics just TikTok heaven for you? Like you're just swimming in content. Yeah, I mean it was. I was just trying to anything I could think of. I was like, if somebody, if I was someone out on the outside, what would I want to see? And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, yeah. oh, this is cool. This is cool. Let's show the world. Let's like, let's involve people. And like, social media is doing that these days. And I had to be good for rugby too, right? Like, I'm. What did you have? Like, did you notice a big spike in followers and attention and stuff during the uh, Olympics? Yeah. Um, I mean, following wise, I gained three hundred thousand followers. Um, yeah. Comment wise, I probably had about. 300,000 comments um, um, on my posts and majority of them were one of two things. One was, Hey, I'm tuning into the Olympics this year because of you or two is, Hey, 
I just watched my first rugby game because of you. And awesome. those were the two best. That's awesome. I know. Like I've seen, I saw your, your bed video because you did break your bed, right? I jumped on it multiple times. <laughs> it did not break. Oh, you didn't break your bed. I feel like I saw one where like, wasn't there like a little like. Oh, yeah, there? yeah. There was like a, a crack in one of the boards. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I saw that on like Bleacher Report or something. So you even transcended like TikTok. You're making it onto, you know, other platforms, other things of, you know, media publications which is just good for for rugby and good for you obviously that's awesome to see yeah, thank you <laughs> so cody look, another question i like to ask like people that played rugby for a while and i guess this will be my second to last one before i let you go uh do you have a favorite rugby memory hmm i my yeah i got a favorite rugby memory so my favorite rugby memory was in 2018 when we won the las vegas sevens mm -hmm. um I, for six years, went to that tournament and watched. And to be able to just run out on the field at that tournament in front of my home crowd and in front of my family, earn my first cap was, you know, was the most incredible feeling because I had accomplished my goals at that point. But to go into day two, have an opportunity at the cup and win, and for all those fans who I was used to crowding the field, you know, I was used to jumping over, running past security. Mm -hmm. All the fans jumped and were running after me. Like my <laughs> brother came and tackled me in a security. Yeah. I had to pull him off. Like my wife is there. My, my mom's there. Like all these people are coming up, running up to me, like celebrating with me, like all these diehard USA rugby fans. And that was the most incredible feeling. And then obviously going and getting the cup and getting our medals and then getting to share that with the fans who went wild. Like they yeah. went wild when we won that tournament. That's awesome. I like asking that question because again, it is so different for everyone. Like, you know, you talk to people that have played in world cups and sometimes they say, Oh yeah, my favorite, you know, rugby memory is playing in my like high school state championship game or something like that. So I mean, that's a great answer. That's that's a very worthy one. I feel like that's awesome to hear. Yeah. Uh, so Cody, what what's next for you, man? I know you you just had this little break. You're back home, in California now. So what, what what do you have on the calendar? Yeah, back home. So uh, right back into training, September first, and we're getting ready for Vancouver, which is our first stop on the series this year, and then um, Edmonton after that. Um, so that's the immediate what's next now, like the, the year goal is to go to the Rugby World Cup next year in Cape Town. And then the four, three year goal is to get to the Paris 2024. Is that a little bit nicer that it is like that much shorter? Like that it is a three year window rather than. Yeah, like, it is. This it's kind of weird because one you just went through. Yeah, it's it's a little bit different. It's weird because you, you're expecting like this the fourth year out from the olympics is usually a dead year and it's like where they kind of like wash the team bring in new guys you kind of learn and, and and get to practice but we're right back into like world cup is next year like we're back into yeah. it man like we're going i thought it was even weird like after during this olympics you know you're, you start thinking about like the winter olympics that's in like february right that'd yeah. be so crazy like man we just had the olympics but it's back again that's yeah. what covid will do to you all right, Cody, that's all the questions I had for you, man. I, I hope I didn't leave anything out. It was awesome talking to you. Please tell the people how they can follow you, how they can keep up with you, um, you know, where they can catch you playing next. I know you just talked about some of the series uh, circuits, but but please just just uh, get, let us know how we can keep up with you. Yeah, guys, uh, if you go to Instagram at Cody Melfi Rugby or go to TikTok at Cody Melfi, you can follow me both on there. If you have any questions, ever want to ask me anything, I respond to all my DMs on Instagram. and 
watch out for us on ESPN Plus. That's usually where we play. All right, Cody. Thanks so much, man. It's good catching up with you, and I'll catch up with you down the road. Yeah, sweet man. Thanks. <laughs> All right, now we welcome on to the show Colorado Exo Scrum Half Captain and now wide receiver with the Conquers in the Spring League, Michael Bandy. Michael, how's it going, man? Not too bad. I appreciate you having me on. Um, pretty excited to, uh, you know, get this going and see uh, what we can talk about today. Yeah, thanks, Bandy, for, for coming back on. I know it kind of caught you at a weird time. You're somebody I've been wanting to talk to through the whole time with the team, but uh, just kind of the way it worked out, we I get you now. So, uh, Bandy, the first question we ask everybody that comes on the show is just can you tell us a little bit about where you're from? Yeah, so I'm from Southern California, uh, Orange County. Uh, stayed locally for college down in San Diego, so not too far from home. Played uh, football and baseball in high school and then just football in college and absolutely loved my time down in San Diego. Um, like a lot of guys on the team, I uh, pursued the NFL and didn't quite get the shot I was hoping for. So um, I was presented an opportunity with rugby and then um, now I'm back in the spring league, uh, like you said before, and, uh, you know, just excited to pursue different opportunities and see where they take me. Yeah, it's a it's been a crazy year for you, huh? Uh, a little bit, yeah. It's, been, uh, <laughs> it's definitely been a wild ride. Yes, yeah, sure. a whirlwind twelve months. So, Bandy, could you tell us a little bit about your football career? I don't I don't know if you want to butter yourself up, but you did put up some good numbers at San Diego. Could you just kind of talk about you know some of the accolades you received there? Uh, yeah. So uh, I was a two time All American in college, and um, I mean, our, uh, the way our system worked, we always had uh, a really good top receiver, and just the way it fell down when I was there the last two years, I was able to put up some uh, pretty good numbers with um, two really good teams. And um, it kind of just fell that way. And I was really blessed to uh, put up the numbers I did. And I mean, big thanks to all my teammates and coaches in college, because I definitely wouldn't have done it without them. Right. Uh, yeah, I know. And, and I know I've heard this story a couple of times too, but can you just tell the people how you got recruited to the Exos? Yeah. So the way I was recruited was from, my head coach who uh, knew a, a guy named John Shoup who knew Peter. And that was, it was kind of like a three-way connection and then eventually got to me. And then I was able to jump on a phone call with Peter and, uh, you know, I was really interested. I wasn't doing much sitting at home, uh, coaching my old high school receivers uh, at the varsity level. And, you know, I wanted to take that little leap of faith, trying a new sport. And, um, I, like, I think it worked out um, for the better so far. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, was it a tough decision? Was it kind of like, I mean, it's kind of scary to move to a, a new state to pursue this thing that you kind of just learned about. I mean, and COVID's happening all around you at the same time. Like, was it a difficult decision to, to go out to Colorado? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was pretty difficult just because at the beginning I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know rugby. Like this isn't something yeah. I'm very familiar with. So um, it's definitely like standing on the edge of a cliff a little bit. Um, but I talked to to my dad and, um, he was like, look, opportunities present themselves and it's our job to take them. Um, so you really just got to take that leap of faith and get after it. And after that, uh, I was pretty much sold. And yeah. after the tryout, I was ready to go. Yeah. And I'm curious about, like you say, you didn't know rugby, which I assume, I know that's the case for a lot of the guys, but did that make it easier that you were going to a place with 30 other guys that also didn't really know rugby? I, I know I've gone on the record a couple of times. There's only been what, like eight people that had had prior rugby experience before mm -hmm. coming to this team. Yeah. So it, it was definitely um, a lot easier knowing there was other guys who were also not familiar. Um, and then just knowing 
learning a little bit about the coaching staff and how much experience, I mean, with Luke, Mose, even Mark and Bot, how much experience they had, um, you know, it made me feel a lot better knowing I'm learning from people who have played like the highest level. So, right. um, yeah, it was definitely a lot easier. Yeah, and I guess, Bandy, before we get into to some of the stuff that happened this season, uh, you were you were elected captain before the season even began, so before you even played in your first rugby match. Like, what did that mean to you, and uh, you know, you know, how did that come about? Yeah, so one thing I'll say is I think anybody on that uh, on the EXO's team could have been elected captain. I mean, everyone's a leader out on the field, and you can really see it in practice. Like, everyone's trying to communicate and talk. Um, and it might not always be the best communication just because – like, again, we're, we're all learning this sport, but everyone's doing their best in the weight room and everywhere possible to push the other guys. Um, so it was, it was a, it was an honor to be chosen by the coaches, uh, as captain mm-hmm. um, for sure. And then you got to play seven matches this year before you went on and joined the spring league. Uh, how did you like it? You know, can you just kind of describe the overall experience? Yeah. So, I mean, those seven games were a blast. I mean, even leading up to them, the first, two months before we actually got to play, I was having the time of my life learning a new sport. I mean, I say this all the time. It's like, I was a kid again, like, you know, playing little league for the first time and learning how to play a sport, um, mm-hmm. just at a really high level. So, um, it was, it was a total blast. I absolutely loved it. And I mean, if football doesn't work out, I definitely want to go back, um, uh, really give it, give it my all and see where rugby can take me. Yeah. And I know you said that I know I've talked to a lot of guys. I remember talking to Sean after that first NOLA match, too. And he said the same thing. He said he felt like he was playing, you know, out at recess like he was a little kid. And do you remember like it sounds like you kind of caught the bug for rugby. Like, do you remember a certain point where it clicked for you and, and you realized like, man, rugby's fun. Like, do you remember it was there a point like that this year? Um, I don't think it was one certain point. I think it was definitely gradual mm-hmm. um, throughout like the first couple of weeks. Um but I know, like, w- once we were a month in, I was completely sold on the game. and I loved to watch it. I was waking up to watch, uh, like, um, the Six Nations, like, yeah. waking up at whatever time in the morning to watch those. Like, <laughs> I love watching. I've watched – I'm still watching over here. That's good. I'm spring league watching the, uh, the MLR games on weekends. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely caught the bug. I'm not sure quite when, but yeah. uh, it definitely bit me. Uh, yeah, I like to ask people that because sometimes they can pinpoint it. That's okay. Sometimes it does it does grow on you like that. Uh, so did you have a favorite memory from the season, a favorite moment? I know you are the, the answer to the trivia question. You scored the first try. Uh, so just kind of wondering if that's your, your favorite moment or if you had another one that comes to mind. I think uh, that's a tough question because, yeah. I mean, there's just so many. But I, I'd probably say in the first match uh, I came up with, like, some pretty good line speed on the outside filling in the line. Um, and I knocked the ball loose when I made the tackle and then Malik ended up picking up and scoring. Yeah. Um, so that, that, I mean like putting someone away and giving somebody else the ability to score because of your pass or your tackle, um, I think is a great feeling. And, uh, I'd probably say that's my number one so far. That's a good answer. I do remember that. I remember watching it on the rugby factory clip that came out too. you just stick your nose in there. Probably something you didn't get to do a lot in college, right? Make yeah, tackles. definitely not. <laughs> yeah, I didn't play too much, uh, too much defense in college. Actually, yeah. none at all. So I didn't really get to do that. That's awesome. Uh, another question I want to ask you, Michael, is just if is there a couple guys on the XOs that that you were impressed by that that kind of picked it up really quick? And um, you know, there's been a lot of people that have said a lot of different names, but I'm kind of curious if there's anybody that kind of stuck out to you. Um, 
as far as one guy, I don't know, but I will say like, as far as the forwards and learning how to scrum and all that technique that that takes is, you know, pretty incredible to pick it up as quick as they did. Cause I know in the back line, I, I, there's a lot of passing that goes on and it takes time to develop those skills. But, um, in the amount of time the, the forwards were able to, to pick up the, the scrum technique is uh, honestly pretty impressive. And, um, they've done a really good job this year. And I mean, they're only getting better each and every game and you can see like how, how much they're improving every game. So that's really cool to see. Yeah. I think that's fair. That's always been something I've been impressed by too. That's one of the things that I guess a lot of critics said about the program coming into it is that it was going to take way longer to learn, you know, right. the, the ins and outs of the scrum and, there's been multiple times this year, last weekend, even being one of them, that the forward pack is pushing people around. Uh, so I yep. think that's a good answer. So, Michael, did you have a chance to catch last weekend's match, the XO match? Oh, heck yeah. I watched yeah. every second of it. It was awesome. Hey, how how bad was it eating away at you? You couldn't play. Because they could have used you. Yeah. Had, most they had to pull on a jersey. And <laughs> I know. There. You got to try, was, though. I mean, I was texting the group message. I know nobody was reading it because they're obviously out there on the yeah. field. Yeah. But... I mean, I was so excited to see Mose out there because, I mean, learning from him is is honestly, like, it's a blessing. Yeah. It's really incredible because he knows so much. And it, it seems like when he's out there just showing us how to do drills and running through the attack that it, it's just slow motion for him. Like, it's just, like, it's it's honestly so impressive and really incredible. Yeah. Um, but as far as as far as the game, yeah, it killed me. I really wanted to be back out there. We we actually had Saturday off. I was like, maybe I can jump on a flight <laughs> yeah, and go play. support the boys. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, the, it was a it was a really good match. It was exciting to watch. Uh, I know it didn't turn out great um, in the end, but just to see them stay in the game the way they were and keep pushing was was really cool. I mean, it was definitely a physical game and they really, they did a lot of good things. Um, I don't know if me being there would have done anything else, but I definitely wish I could have been there. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Hartford's a good team. Hartford's got some really good players. Marcus Atavu and Matt Houston are, you know, Marcus Atavu's played international rugby and Matt Houston is a guy that should be in the MLR right now. So good, yeah. good game, you know, went all the way down to the wire. Uh, it was very exciting. Yeah. You, I was bummed you didn't get to play in the stadium this year. That's a bummer. That's the first one. I know. That... <laughs> it was really cool to see the guys in the stadium look good in the home jerseys. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you didn't even get to wear that great. one, too, other than for photos, right? So, yeah, uh, bummer. But I know, and I don't know if you know, Smosey's pulling out his, like, sneaky tricks. He, you know, bent down, tie his shoe right before he fed the ball into the scrum, gave everyone a little breather there at the end. Uh, he's a very crafty veteran. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. Like, a, again, you know, he knows it all. He's he's awesome to watch and awesome to learn from. Yeah. It was funny to see him punch one in there, too, at the end. That was, uh, yeah, sweet. <laughs> of course, if he's, if you're going to play, he's got to score. Right. So, right. Yeah. Uh, so, Michael, how did you can you kind of explain this opportunity that, you know, how it came up to compete in the spring league? And then just even what did your I guess it was Sunday. What did your Sunday in Houston look like? You know, your your travel arrangements. Uh, yeah, so the opportunity came um, from we had the same coaching staff um, from when I played in November um, before we tried out for rugby. Um, and they reached out to me and wanted me to play. And I was definitely hesitant at first just because I'm having such an awesome time and taking advantage of such a great opportunity over in rugby. Um, but NFL has always been the dream. So I thought, I might as well give it one last shot before I um, fully commit myself to rugby and see where, you know, the, the football can take me um, before I, I shut the door on that. Mm -hmm. um, and then as far as my travel day in Houston, I mean, we played a game and uh, 
1 p.m. over there or something like that, 2 p.m. And then I Ubered from the game straight to the airport to catch a flight so I can make the last flight of the night um, so I can make a make practice in the morning on Monday, which ended up being my only practice um, before the game on Thursday. We ended up just having like two short walkthroughs Tuesday and Wednesday. So I really only had one day of practice before, you know, jumping in the game. So it was definitely a, a little adjustment. Um, yeah. But uh, it wasn't too bad. I mean, again, I I'm blessed to be uh, playing sports. <laughs> um, it's my job right now. So yeah. it's not too bad. But again, I mean, to go with your whirlwind year, that's got to be a crazy transition. Like get in, go to sleep, wake up, go to football practice. That's something you haven't done in, what, six, seven months. and. <laughs> Yeah, yeah exactly. learn, try to learn some plays and then go play a football game on Thursday. That's bananas. Yeah, I even had to wake up, got in late, and then had to wake up early just to, you know, review yeah. the playbook because it had been five or six months or yeah, I'm, whatever. I'm sure you're pretty sore, too. Yeah, exactly. Just played a game, and then it's a, it's a different type of running. You're not running long distance, a lot more right. sprinting, so it's a little bit different. Yeah, that's going to be – that's one of my questions, so don't let me forget to ask you that. But uh, yeah. And then I guess I wanted to ask too, Michael, is like how did the team take it when you told them that, you know, you were going to go do this? Were they were they supportive, you know? I'm just kind of interested to hear how all that happened. Yeah, the, the team was definitely supportive when uh, I let them know. I let them know – um, I knew I was going to leave, I believe, Wednesday, and then I let them know Friday after our our last clarity run before we left, which I thought was our best practice of the week and maybe um, throughout the season, um, to be honest. So letting them know after, like, such a great practice hurt me a little bit, but they, they were very supportive um, um, and I think excited for me. I mean, a yeah. lot of those guys have the same dream I do, so um, I'm sure a couple of them would have taken it and – you know, it's it's definitely a tough decision, but they took it they took it def, um, took it well, and um, we're definitely happy for me. For sure, uh, this is something I talked to Tony a lot about too, and it's kind of like you said, like your dad was saying when you you know made the decision to come try out rugby, like you gotta you gotta take these chances while you have them, right? You gotta right. explore every option, and if this is something you know, if this does work out, you you know make enough plays, you make it to the NFL, that's you know you'd be happy you did it, and rugby will always be here. You know, there's <laughs> a lot of guys that play. You can know you could be Mose running around with you guys right <laughs> yeah so definitely uh so you know how has it been to transition back into football I, I would imagine you're in pretty good shape i imagine this stuff doesn't doesn't wipe you out uh running around playing rugby for five months yeah um i mean the transition wasn't wasn't terrible i mean i've been playing this sport for a while so you know it took a it took a couple of, of plays and uh, a little bit of time in practice just to like regather my feet but um it hasn't been too bad Mm -hmm. um, to be honest, like I said, the running's a little bit different, more sprinting. So the hamstrings are sore in different parts, um, <laughs> but I'm definitely in good shape. I can tell you that. Yeah. I, I can, like Mark always says, we can run forever. So, right. Um, yeah. And you, you, you can't tell me, Michael, that you're not having like a little bit of a tough time, like not passing it or even like I saw your <laughs> highlight right on your on your go ball last weekend. It looks like, yeah. you know, that guy didn't hold you down. You could get back up, run, and place a ball for a try, right? It's been some some yeah. stuff there, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think about that too much. I'm just, yeah, I'm uh, just kidding. Because it's go, so natural. But, yeah, that was pretty funny when uh, I saw a couple of tweets and, or, and people texting me saying you tried to score the try. That was uh, pretty yeah. entertaining because I didn't, I didn't even think twice about it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I didn't think I was down, so I definitely tried to reach over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, he um, didn't. He didn't hold yeah. you. That would have counted in rugby for sure. That was yeah, your one move. That's what I'm saying I wasn't held down. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, so have you, I mean, I guess it's kind of a small sample size, maybe that you can't answer this right away because it's only been about a week, but have you noticed like any changes to your game? And maybe this goes into your conditioning part of it, but just, you know, have you noticed any difference in, in the way you're running routes or the way you're catching or the way you maybe like see the game? Um, have you noticed any of that or is that kind of too early to tell? Um, no, I haven't noticed anything yet. yet. I think it's a little too early, but one thing I forgot to mention earlier on the, the transition is that when I caught my first ball, I was like, Oh my gosh, this thing is tiny. Mm. Like it was so small. Like I, it took me like two practices, a practice and a walkthrough, like get over the size of the ball compared to rugby ball. Yeah. But, um, I didn't have too much trouble like catching like that transition wise, but just like in my mind, it just seemed so small. Um, and I thought that was interesting. Hey, that is that is interesting. Something I don't think people think about or realize, like how much bigger a rugby ball actually is. And I can yeah. imagine that helps makes it catching a little bit easier, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I have a question, Ben. Yeah, like how much interaction do you have with the other like spring league teams? There? Are you all in the same hotel? Is like I can imagine it might be kind of difficult to to see you guys with uh, COVID restrictions or. Um, is that something that you can talk about? <laughs> Cause there is a guy, yeah. I don't know if you know, there's a tag leader. I'm trying to think of what uh, team he's playing for, but he's playing in the spring league and he is a yeah. guy that, you know, only played rugby forever. He's kicking for yeah. a team right now. Yeah. So he's, we were actually practicing on the same field today. He's uh, the okay. for the aviators. I think we played them yeah, oh. next week. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, we're all staying in the same hotel. Uh, crown plaza in indianapolis and um i mean it's been good they they feed us our meals and the food's not too bad um but i mean the interaction is like you might see guys at dinner guys you know or like you meet other guys just from the guys you know already um but yeah we i mostly hang out with my roommate and a couple other teammates on the offense but yeah i'd say our team for like not knowing each other that long is pretty well like pretty tight-knit and uh you know I think we have a good chance of winning it all for sure. Yeah, I know. I watched your first game. Uh, you know, it looks like you guys are looking pretty good. I'm looking forward to catching the rest of it. Uh, but, I, but I did ask because I wondered if you get the chance to talk to Ty, talk some rugby with him. Because so I know this, yeah, is, this hope, kicking I'm thing is something. Yeah, he's been pursuing for this last year. He took the year off rugby. Uh, he's been kicking down in San Diego, I think. And I think he used to play for Legion, too, so he's another San Diego guy. Oh, nice. That's sweet. Plenty to talk about, Tig, over there. Uh, Benny, have any of your have any of your teammates? I know you said you've been hanging out with some guys from the offense. Have any of your teammates been asking you about rugby? Have they been trying to get them into rugby a little bit? Yeah, I mean, the first day I showed up, everybody was asking me about it, and then I mean, I had a couple questions today, um, just about like how the sports played, and some of my closer friends from back in November um, had some questions of just like how it's been going and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I try to I try to hype up the sport and tell them like, hey, it's it's a lot of fun. Like I I really do truly enjoy it. So, you know, if football doesn't work out, don't be afraid to to give it a try before you go uh, get that nine to five or something like that. Right. I love it. Grow the game. That's what it's about, right, Bandy? So yep. that's all the questions I had for you, man. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Michael. It's been good talking to you. Um, wishing you the best of luck as the spring league continues. Uh, and I'm looking forward to catching up with you down the road. So I usually leave this last part open, man, if you just want to, I don't know if you have anything to, to shout out, promote or whatever, um, but I guess you can let us know how people can watch you when your next game, all that good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for having me. I mean, it's been awesome to, to you know, catch up a little bit. I mean, no, it's only been like a week or a week and a half since I've seen <laughs> it you. It feels like longer though. It, it feels, feels like you've been going like for a while. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in the hotel yeah. not doing much. Um, 
so it's, it's definitely it's felt like forever but yeah thank you for having me on i'm excited to see how these guys finish the season and uh, if you want to check out um my next game we play on saturday at three on fox so the main channel the news channel so that'll be pretty cool yeah nationally televised um but yeah um thank you for having me on again and you know i uh i wish the guys the best of luck the rest of the season yeah thank you man have a good one man yeah appreciate it have a good one